Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and today's guest is Alexandra Rahak, the IoT practice lead at Omdia. She joins us today to talk about insights into the IoT landscape found through Omdia and IoT World Today's recent survey, including key drivers and barriers to IoT adoption, 5G and AI's role in the future of IoT, as well as the potential for enterprises to monetize data gathered through IoT. Before we get into the show, let me give you a little background on Omdia. For those of you unfamiliar, they are a part of Informatech. They are their brand for world-leading technology, media, and telecoms research analyst group. Uh, Alexandra herself is responsible for IoT thought leadership, consulting, and overall research strategy. She focuses a lot of her time on IoT partnerships and investment strategies, service provider IoT propositions, new technologies, and vertical industry trends. So... Needless to say, this episode is going to be very insightful. We're going to learn a lot about the topics that I already mentioned. Um, so without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Alexandra Rahak of Amdia. Welcome, Alexandra, to the IoT for All show. How's your week going so far? Thanks, Ryan. Uh, my week has been interesting. Uh, <laughs> I am, like, like, many, like many of us, uh, mainly at home at the moment uh, right. with, with my family, everybody working at home and doing homeschooling. So... That is uh, certainly a change for many of us. Yeah. How are you seeing it impact kind of your, um, uh, I guess, from a work perspective, not just the work you're doing, but as a company working with with um, other companies, you know, are you seeing kind of slow down? Or are you seeing anything really change that much with people being able to work remote since, you know, most of the business that we do is, is over, um, can be done remote in general? Uh, so we certainly are, are seeing some changes. You know, I think there are... Um, kind of within our organization and also among our, our customers, people who were already more or less working from home or, or very much geared up for that, uh, others who definitely weren't. So uh, it's been a big shift, I think, in terms of, of people, um, you know, getting more used to, say, the video conferencing applications and things like Microsoft Teams that we're using very heavily and Zoom and so on. Uh, so, so really, um, you know, just a big shift in kind of where, where the work is taking place and how we're interacting with each other. Uh, that said, I think our, our customers at Omdia, who are um, you know mainly in the in the tech sector and then end user enterprises, are uh, you know really I'd say embracing this and uh, almost unbelievably to me we've seen actually quite an uptick in customer inquiries coming in about different um, you know different trends, different areas right. of technology right. that they're looking at. Um, so it has kind of driven some engagement in ways we maybe wouldn't. Very cool. So I think uh, I want to get into talking a little bit more about what you all do at Omdia, but I wanted to start out by asking you to just give a quick introduction of yourself, some uh, you know background information, anything is relevant for our audience to, to kind of get to know you to get to know you a little bit better. Great, thanks. Uh, so I am the practice lead for IoT at Omdia, and Omdia is uh, one of the the world's leading. Uh, tech and ICT research firms uh, and media as well. I should add that too. Uh, we are recently rebranded uh, from really two large organizations. So Ovum, which was a research arm of Informa Tech, uh, and then the technology arm of IHS Market, uh, which we acquired last year. Uh, so those two organizations, an AI research organization called Tractica, and then uh, a group called Light Reading and Heavy Reading have all kind of come together now under this new research brand, Omdia, uh, which which we launched last month. Um, 
so that's that's what uh, what we do. And in terms of our IoT team, uh, we have a team of analysts uh, who cover uh, both horizontal technologies for IoT and also vertical industry coverage. So we look a lot at how IoT is being adopted and deployed in in different uh, segments of the market uh, and different types of applications. What are the use cases? What are the different trends? Uh, you know, not only in different parts of the world, but also in different industries. Very cool. So I guess if I would ask you a sort of loaded question, very broad question, I guess you will. um, What is your overall perception of the IoT industry at at the current time? (laughs) That is a broad question. Uh, So I think for us, it's a market which has been around for a while, but is still interestingly quite early stage in terms of, of where we are in terms of maturity. And there are a few reasons for that, uh, which which we can talk through. But, you know, for us, it's a story of adoption over time, um, enterprises okay. and, and changes in, in enterprise approaches to, to business processes are, are not necessarily something quick. Um, and what we're seeing is, you know, the adoption is more kind of slow and steady for the IoT market rather than the kind of mm-hmm. big hockey stick growth that uh, some of us would have predicted a few years back. Uh, so yes. I think it's certainly a healthy market. It's a growing market. Um, but in that kind of change in, in industries and in, in enterprises uh, to, make, to really make good use of IoT does take time. And you know mm-hmm. we're seeing it as kind of slow and steady progress. So a stat that we like to, to cite from, from one of our recent enterprise surveys is that uh, so far about 29% of enterprises worldwide are reporting that they're using IoT or, or they're you know, on the path to adopting it in, in the next 12 mm-hmm. months. Um, so that's you know, still a lot of room to grow, which is the good news. Uh, but it's also not, uh, you know, it's not pervasive at this point. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting to kind of learn. I, um, you know, I, I've talked many times about the stage of the market that we're in, at least from our opinion. And I definitely think that we still are earlier than people think we are with IoT. I think people think IoT is much more mature of an industry, but in reality, it's actually relatively young. Technologies are evolving um, on pretty much a daily basis. And that is what is really contributing to adoption as technologies improve and get better and the capabilities are there and the prices start dropping. It just makes it more more likely that IoT adoption... um, starts to spread a little bit wider and we're starting to see more successful deployments, which then give more um, kind of clout for, for IOT in general. So, so I definitely agree that we're definitely, we're early um, at the moment, but a lot, very positive outlook. I think from a lot of people's perspective for what IOT is intended to do, uh, making businesses run more efficiently and operations uh, from that standpoint. So definitely excited. And um, so glad you all are, are kind of viewing it in the, in a similar light. Um, so one thing I wanted to kind of get into uh, here now that we've kind of done introductions, learned a little bit about, more about what your company does. Is there was a report I guess you guys just recently did uh, IoT uh, connected to five G and AI, a, a trend survey of some sort. I'd love it if you could start out by talking a little bit more about that survey. Kind of who was it for? What was it about? You know, any key findings that you that that came from it? And then we can kind of dive into some, maybe some more deeper questions based on what what comes out of that. Sure, happy to. Uh, so this is a survey that uh, we ran uh, a little bit earlier this year uh, in, in conjunction with our, our uh, partners at IoT World Today, uh, who are also part of mm-hmm. a former group. And 
it went out to uh, both technology firms and enterprises uh, to, who were adopting IoT. And really, the idea was to understand better you know, some of the trends around adoption and particularly looking at where IoT intersects with 5G and AI, because uh, those are you know, certainly technologies or technology groups that are, are of great interest uh, for the IoT market um, and also kind of very, uh, very hot in terms of uh, interest uh, from, from customers and uh, just generally people trying to kind of get their heads around what what do 5G and AI really mean uh, mm-hmm. for them as businesses and, and you know, what, what do they do for IoT? How do they uh, help it now? So that, that was really what we were looking at. And, it, you know, a few main things came out from the survey. Uh, we did look, first of all, at, you know, what some of the key drivers are and, and some of the key barriers uh, for adopting IoT. Uh, you know, in terms of drivers, really, we do see uh, that there's, you know, still a lot of interest in using IoT for efficiency mm-hmm. and for cost savings. Um, and then also for um, for customer experience. So for improving customer experience, um, that is you know definitely becoming one of one of the big objectives uh, with IoT deployment. And a lot of the respondents were saying that they see AI and 5G as as really helping that. So you know in terms of what what some of the benefits of 5G and AI are in this context, I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute. But um, those are really key uh, key drivers. Now in terms of some of the barriers. What comes up in pretty much every survey we do, and certainly came up very high in this one, is cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. So IoT security is is just um, sort of off the charts in terms of being a real concern for companies that are deploying IoT now or or about to uh, to start. And you know there are a lot of reasons for that. I think you know first of all, cybersecurity generally is is an issue um, you know that is coming up daily for anybody involved in you know in any kind of IT deployment or management. Um, but with IoT, of course, you have this added issue that the the devices themselves are are not necessarily sort of person controlled, right. um, and and you've got a lot of opportunity there for interference. Um, or you know, DDoS attacks, you know, a whole number of different ways that, that you can hijack an IoT device or use it to get into a system or, or to get access to data that you shouldn't have. Um, and, you know, obviously companies are quite, quite concerned about that. And, uh, you know, I think the second issue is that it is a complex security deployment for IoT. So it's it's not as simple as, you know, you've got a laptop attached to your corporate network and, and you're going right. to, you know, have some... Um, you know, some as endpoint security and then security on the network with IoT, you have a number of different layers of security that have to be in place and all be um, really working together uh, to give you a full solution. And that's complex for, for organizations to think about. Um, so that that's a, a couple of, of the drivers and, and barriers. Yeah. So I think just like expanding on the, so I think the drivers make a lot of sense. Um, obviously the, the cost, the technology, you know, the, those different components are, are always going to drive business decisions. Um, on the challenges side, it's always an interesting conversation because we ask a lot of our guests kind of what they think about, um, what, what challenges need to be overcome. And security is one that actually doesn't get mentioned as much. I think we've ended up focusing a lot of our efforts and conversations around like the fragmentation of the market, um, certain technologies not re- not being mature enough, um, um, or, you know, not being able to drive the cost low enough to make it make sense from an ROI perspective. Um, 
um, yeah, and then also potentially the, the the development of of different business cases, different use cases that are not um, that IoT just can't solve yet. So, um, what I'd love to kind of get a sense from you on is is if you could talk a little bit more about your view on from a challenges or you know kind of a blocker standpoint is the, the fragmentation and how that really contributes, and then also. The something that we really don't mention much, which is kind of the internal lack of expertise on the enterprise side. So a lot of enterprises are coming into IoT without really much knowledge. And IoT for All was originally created to help bridge that gap of knowledge from technical to non-technical individuals. Um, but what are you all seeing from from a, a challenges standpoint when it comes to the fragmentation of the market, as well as the the level of expertise or the lack thereof that enterprise are having and how that contributes to IoT adoption, maybe not being as prevalent um, when it, in those areas? Yeah, I mean, those are certainly things that, that have come up for us too, both in, in discussions uh, with end users and, and also in surveys. So in, in fact, um, insufficient IoT expertise internally in, in the survey that we just did, if you look at the top three um, challenges, that, that came up uh, first in the top three, whereas the, the security concerns were uh, were more about the, the number one. So, you know, it is, it is huge. I think uh, nearly half of our respondents said that that, that lack of skills, IoT skills internally, um, or lack of IoT skills in their customers, if if they were a provider, was mm-hmm. was one of the top three challenges. And you know, I think it is um, you know sort of a good message uh, to to us as you know providers into the market that it it's still again it's still early, and there there's definitely a need to to partner uh, with enterprises to kind of bring them on that journey with you, that it's not just about the technology, but really that it's about understanding, you know, what is this going to do for you? What's the ROI? How do you actually, you know, logistically fit it into your business processes and, and integrate it with your other IT systems and so on? Um, and, you know, companies are, are feeling that they're that they're not really there yet in terms of being able to do that easily. Um, now, I think in terms of the fragmentation question, I mean, that, you know, that for sure is something that comes up a lot in terms of, um, you know, not only fragmentation of technologies, you know, many, many different technologies in the market, uh, but also many different suppliers. And it's not always that clear kind of who you would go to if you want an IoT solution. Um, right. So that, that makes it, you know, again, more complicated uh, for enterprises than, say, you know, a typical IT deployment. Um, Having said that, I do think uh, we're seeing a lot of suppliers in the market, you know, recognizing that and and really trying to, you know, bring together kind of more simplified end-to-end solutions where they can then go to an enterprise customer and say, okay, you know, we can we can do this for you, and that this is a certain type of application or a certain type of business result, and you know, here's here's what you need to do. Here are the different pieces that will provide you the different building blocks that, mm-hmm. that we'll bring together for you, and, and kind of provide that as an end-to-end solution. Um, so a lot more attention to that, I think, over the past twelve months, uh, just to try to make it simpler uh, to deploy IoT. Uh, so you know, those those positive moves certainly, but uh, but yeah, it's a confusing market still. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, I mean, if if we bring it back to, uh, you know, to say 5G and AI and, you know, how do those sort of fit into what's already kind of a complicated universe of technologies? I mean, 5G is of huge, huge interest for enterprises. So, you know, again, this has come up repeatedly when, when we've done surveys and discussions as, as the top technology that enterprises are really keen to to learn about in an IoT context and sort of understand what it's going to do for them. 
So I think that's an opportunity really, you know, as 5G kind of is, is rolled out more broadly and solutions that make use of, of the unique capabilities it has start to become more available. And, you know, this is not like tomorrow, but it's sort of over, over an extended period. Um, that'll, that'll help. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think there's a lot of marketing money being spent on 5G. You go to any event over the last year and 5G is the focus. But we just had a podcast recently with the CTO of IoT over at IBM. And we were, interestingly enough, on the same page that we believe 5G is still a little ways out. And it's a lot more hype right now than anything. Um, And I'm interested to hear you kind of mention that organizations are really focused on 5G as from a, you know, from a technology perspective on how it's going to help implement IoT because a lot of use cases um, out there, 5G is actually overkill for from what it does from uh, a technology perspective and which then results in the cost of it. And there are a lot of other technologies that are actually more and better well suited for a lot of popular use cases that would actually result in a very large number of devices out in the field. So like, let's say LP WAN technologies, um, uh, you know, satellite technologies, other, other, other technologies out there outside of just 5G. Um, so I'd be curious, do you guys have much, um, I guess, in these surveys, is there any type of questions or any type of um, information that comes back to you about other types of connectivity that companies are interested in or, or maybe learning about because from you know working in the industry there is a very wide range of different kinds of connectivity options out there and 5G is exciting because of what it could potentially do but it's still going to be uh, more costly and overkill for a lot of use cases that enterprises will be looking to deploy um so I'd be curious kind of how that conversation is usually had or or how that information is kind of if comes back to you in any form about other different kinds of connectivity options that companies are interested in? Sure. So we look at all different types of connectivity for IoT and that, you know, that goes from, you know, Bluetooth <laughs> right on up to, um, you know, to really, really high bandwidth sorts of connectivity like 5G. Um, it really is a question with IoT of, of matching the right technology to the right use case. So, you know, as you say, there are many um, sort of more scalable IoT use cases that can be done with LP WAN um, and a lot of things like, you know, asset monitoring, for example, um, you know, air quality monitoring, uh, smart metering, you know, ma- many of the, the sort of earlier large scale use cases for IoT definitely don't need 5G. Um, many of them do right. need some form of cellular or they can benefit from some form of, of cellular for, you know, for various reasons because of the capabilities it has and because of interoperability and so on. Uh, but it doesn't have to be 5G. I think with 5G, there's also, um, you know, it's, it's important to sort of understand what it actually includes as a, as a technology spec. So the, the 5G that we all think about and, and hear about is, is the sort of super, um, you know, high bandwidth, ultra reliable, low latency type of connectivity that is, is very much needed for things like autonomous driving, uh, or, you know, the one everybody loves to cite remote surgery, which, uh, right, you know, right, right. is not, it's quite a niche use case, right? This is not something that's going to be, be everywhere. Um, but you know there are a, a number of uh, of use cases that really do need that that kind of ultra low latency um, you know mostly initially as, as we see it around um, you know a lot of things in the industrial world linked to autonomy um, or you know in in a city autonomy 
in terms of vehicles and, and right. those, those sort of applications. Uh, that's not at the moment the majority of, of IoT, but 5G can also support um, those more sort of low bandwidth types of IoT applications as well. So if you look at uh, narrowband IoT or you look at LTEM, mm-hmm. um, those are basically included in, in the spec for 5G itself. And the idea is that if, you know, if you're using 5G and, you know, I'm sounding like a total 5G advocate here, I, I am fully in favor of many other types of connectivity yes, too, yes, but yes. Just, just to kind of say, you know, one of the reasons is being pushed so heavily uh, by vendors and, and by operators is that you can have um, multiple types of applications riding on mm-hmm. on the 5G network 100%, all, all 100%. together. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, and that's, you know, potentially interesting in terms of being able to manage the bandwidth well um, and, you know, being able to, to be quite dynamic in the way that, that you use that bandwidth in your enterprise. Yeah, I totally agree. I think what you said is very important for companies to understand. Um, which is making sure you're matching the connectivity with the use case. And that's not just the use case itself, but also when you're talking about ROI, I mean, it's everything from cost to the cap- matching the capabilities with the, obviously the types of hardware, what you're trying, the data you're trying to collect, how you're trying to collect it, the frequency and just finding the perfect fit or as close to a perfect fit as possible to, for that use case and not being caught up in, you know, the hype of something like, oh, I must need 5G because the bandwidth is, you know, it, it's so high and or very, you know, it's very fast. And um, I'm hearing it's amazing. I need it for this, you know, for these for IoT. But in reality, there's lots of different different kinds of connectivity that may be better suited. And so finding that match, finding a partner or, you know, a systems integrator who can help guide you down that IoT journey, if you will, um, I think is very important. And the information you all collect in these surveys, I think, is is really interesting to kind of learn how organizations are thinking and kind of maybe where their minds are at right now. And maybe it could kind of influence the education that we need to provide to make sure that companies have the information they need to make the correct decisions when they go down that IoT path. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you'll see that it will, um, you know, it will vary somewhat by industry as well. So we do have, um, you know, some industries like automotive where, you know, it is for sure on the roadmap for every automotive manufacturer and it's absolutely going to be central to, to what they do. Um, on the other hand, if you look at something like manufacturing, uh, we see there, you know, quite a big gap between uh, the, the kind of marketing push from from vendors and service providers, which is that you know 5G is kind of the perfect technology for for use in a, in a smart factory. And on the other hand, you, know, you see that yeah, manufacturers right, right. themselves are, are not really <laughs> anywhere near that. And you know, a tiny fraction of of the you know connected devices in a in a manufacturing site right now use use any type of cellular. So it's it's a very different. Um, kind of industry, it'll be a lot slower to adopt, and you know there there will be a, a bigger mix of technologies there for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, how about on the um, the AI side of things? What kind of what what did the survey kind of churn out um, as kind of some interesting findings that you thought were were are probably worth sharing and, and, and talking a little bit more about? Can we talk about AI a little bit here and there on on the show? Um, but I'd be curious to kind of get a sense of the thoughts that the survey provided um, from an AI perspective. Yeah, it, AI is an interesting one because it, it means a lot of different things to, to different people. And then when you think about it in the IoT context, you know, there, there are really sort of two, two angles. So one is, you know, what, is, what are IoT devices doing? They're creating lots and lots of data about you know, something that's going on in the environment, something that's going on 
machine, um, and that data can feed um, machine learning engines, right? So it can it can be the sort of right. the, the meat that goes into the grinder of the AI algorithm, as it were, and that is uh, really critical. Um, you know, in terms of, of a, a benefit of IoT driving AI, um, then in a sort of second phase, if you want to think about it that way, ideally um, you would have AI embedded in greater automation for for IoT devices themselves. Uh, you know, and using AI to to control those devices in a in a smarter way and, and allow them to to do their jobs better. Um, so it's kind of a two way street for for um, AI and IoT. Now, in terms of what companies right now see as being a benefit of incorporating AI into IoT solutions. And this this is something we asked about directly. Um, interestingly, the biggest benefit that they saw uh, was that it would improve business and operational agility. So the idea is that, you know, you, you'll have AI and somehow that will allow you to, uh, you know, change more quickly what you're doing uh, with, with your business, with your machines, with your processes. Um, and And that would be a big benefit of that. And, you know, I guess certainly if you look at it, what's going on in the world today, you know, with, with a lot of say manufacturers um, quickly having to shift what they're producing in order to address the, the coronavirus situation, you can, you know, you can see that uh, having a smarter system in terms of, of your devices would, would certainly be very helpful um, and allow things to, to happen more quickly. So that that's one. Another one, and you know, again, interesting to sort of see what customers really value on the enterprise side. Enhancing customer experience uh, was was the second one in terms of what would be a benefit of of AI uh, within an IoT context. And you know, there I think uh, companies are probably thinking about you know AI is going to allow us to personalize things more in terms of how we serve customers. It's going to make sure mm-hmm. that you know whoever is is on the end of a of a customer service conversation um, from the provider side is is going to have all the information they need very quickly, be able to understand exactly the situation the customer finds themselves in, be able to quickly adjust things, you know, in terms of what is being delivered, whether it's a service or a product or network connectivity in order to improve customer experience that way. And that some of that, again, would start to happen in a much more automated way so that you know, the customer would not have to make that call to uh, to the customer service agent. Um, so that's that's the second one. Um, and then the third one was around reducing cost, which is, you know, of course, always popular when people are, are talking about, you know, IoT, what, what is it good for? Um, and I think the idea is that, you know, again, AI would just allow you to get even better at, at doing that if you have it uh, embedded into into your IoT devices and solutions. Absolutely. Very interested to see kind of how AI continues to, to evolve when it comes to IoT. We talk a little bit about machine learning and the capabilities there and kind of being able to do, you know, machine learning on the uh, at the edge and, and how that influences solutions. But AI hasn't been a topic we've covered that much. So... Um, so it's always interesting to kind of hear hear developments on that side of things. Um, so I appreciate you sharing kind of that those insights. I wanted to um, see. I wanted to shift a little bit. It was, this may go to one of the other surveys you mentioned you've done in the past um, around enterprise adoption, and it, this is more of a kind of tying to a few things you already mentioned. But the IoT market in general, how we we talked about how it is relatively still, it is still relatively young. Um, growth has. Depending on who you ask, may have may not be where people expected it a few years ago. Um, 
are there besides the the challenges and the and the blockers we talked about earlier are there any other um, kind of contributors to just the industry as a whole that have slowed down the growth that you all have seen? You know, I think it's a combination of factors. I mean, it, some of that is uh, technology and cost related. Uh, I think those are mainly being addressed. Uh, so we, you know, as mm-hmm. you said at the beginning of, of the call, the, um, the costs for modules are coming down, you know, particularly for some of the, um, Say narrowband IoT, some of some of the low power wide area uh, networking technologies, we do see costs coming down, and you know generally devices are are becoming more available and more commercialized for certain types of uh, of applications. So say smart meters, mm-hmm. for example. Um, so some of that is a technology and cost problem. A lot of it um, is more about uh, the business case and business models, and and really understanding um, the you know, the impact of IoT and where it, where it kind of fits into uh, your mm-hmm. your world as a business. And right. that is not really about technology. That's much more, you know, on the kind of consulting side and, and kind of customer, um, you know, customer education side. And I think what we do still see is that most IoT deployments are very customized. And that means that they can be slow to get started. It means it can be harder to scale them. And it means that they are, you know, relatively costly to to deliver, um, you know, for for providers. So, for a few types of, of applications, again, we are seeing that those are becoming much more commercialized. They're spreading faster, uh, but you know, the vast majority of of IoT projects, and certainly, um, you know, most most of the larger ones, there's a heavy element of customization still. So again, we we do see that's that's been a barrier because. Anytime something's customized, you, know, you have that whole process of, of working and partnering with the customer to get to you know what it is they specifically need in the context of their own business, in the context of their own IT, uh, and that that's not quick to do. Um, so again, that that's being addressed by providers in a few different ways. So we are seeing some providers uh, creating you know more kind of modules that customers can take when they want to buy an IoT solution that are, are kind of more or less pre-packaged and just need a little bit of customization you know, that might do a certain type of application. Uh, we are also seeing uh, things like uh, device certification programs mm-hmm. where you, you have, you know, for example, a number of service providers, a number of vendors as well um, right. who will be certified devices for, you know, for their platforms or for their network. And again, that the idea is, you know, then you don't need to worry about that as, as a, a buyer, you can, you know, or, or a systems integrator you can use. Um, those devices you know, without worrying too much about will they work, will they be interoperable, and, and so on. Um, so there, there are sort of moves that are helping, um, but it's it's very far from being a completely commercialized um, type of, of purchase. Um, you know, if you think about about it as an enterprise compared to some of the other enterprise IT um, solutions that you would buy. Sure, yeah, I totally agree. I think we've talked about that a lot. You know, trying to getting into that point is going to make adoption a lot easier, but we're still a little ways, I think, from that. Um, so hopefully we get there because I think that'll contribute a lot. Um, it's on the enterprise side. If, if, if we're talking about ROI and other incentives for kind of developing IoT solutions, have you thought about um, companies and their ability to do something more with the data besides just make decisions internally, whether maybe it's uh, monetize the data uh, or something along those lines? Is that something you all look into or have any kind of experience kind of, I guess, 
uh, I don't know, exploring what that would look like and what, how that, you know, what that would do or, or the benefit it would provide if organizations were able to, to go down that path? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's sort of uh, the holy grail of IoT, right? What, what do you do with the data <laughs> to, to monetize it? Um, so I think probably the easiest way to explain it is we, we tend to uh, look at IoT business models in, in kind of three layers. And so the simplest one is um, you're, you're using IoT uh, for for connectivity. Um, you, you maybe have an advantage by you know making that connectivity uh, cheaper if you're a provider. Uh, you, you can you know do flat rate IoT connectivity, those kinds of, of packages. Um, you can get the connectivity from an MVNO, but you know that that's very much about just a business model that's kind of making it easier to to connect your device, whatever it is. Um, then at the second layer, we see more what we'd call kind of an as a service business model. And, you know, we've all been talking about this for, for years, right? And going back to the, the, the sort of Rolls Royce, you know, engine, jet engine as a service type of example. Um, but that is definitely becoming much more prevalent. Uh, and IoT is, is a big piece of that. So, you know, we see things like power tools as a service or phone chargers as a service or, you know, bicycles, shared bikes in cities as a service. Um, so some of that is more consumer facing and some of that is more sort of industry facing, if, if you want to put it that way. But definitely, um, you know, a lot more of those types of business models are coming up and those are quite um, sort of data driven in terms of, of being able to um, operate them you know, effectively and manage the data make sure that, you know, the thing, whatever it is, is, you know, where you think it should be, when it needs to be there, those those types of things, uh, or monitoring those devices constantly to, to make sure that they are doing what they need to be to be doing, which is, is sort of part of the, the service promise, as it were. So, you know, you have a device that's not going to break, or if it breaks, you know, somebody's going to, to come out and, and repair it immediately. Um, without you having to pick up the phone and totally. you know, and call them. So, so that's sort of the second type, which is you know definitely much more data heavy and data led. And then the third type is is you know more complicated, what we'd really look at as outcome based. So if you have you know an outcome based contract of some kind where you as a you know whether you're a systems integrator, whether you're a service provider, whatever you you do, um, or an enterprise you're delivering something on the basis of the result it's going to, to deliver. And, you know, an example we, we often cite there is um, a company called Signify, which used to be uh, Philips Lighting, uh, that, that delivers lighting as a service. Um, and they're, they're pricing that based on usage and based on the, you know, the amount of, of uh, light that's being consumed in units, but also on an energy saving result, which is being delivered. Um, and, and we're starting to see more of those types of business models where, you know, there's either some kind of shared savings from the result delivered from the IoT solution. Um, and again, that, that's sort of quite data heavy to do that. Um, or, you know, you, you have some kind of a, a guarantee that is provided um, rather than the, the customer paying directly for a number of devices. They're actually paying for the outcome being achieved that those devices are supposed to deliver. So, and again, that's that's quite data intensive to do. It's not very easy to you know, predict and understand exactly uh, how you know the delivery of of that service will will go. So, the data and the constant monitoring that is quite quite a big piece of that. 
so I think maybe the last point to, to touch on is for, um, you know, for monetizing IoT data directly. Of course, we also see, um, you know, the the growth of these things like shared uh, shared data pools, shared data lakes, um, you know, city city based um, sort of data agglomerations, if you want to call them that. Um, at the moment, we're not seeing a lot of evidence that those are, you know, meaningfully revenue generating opportunities. They do have, you know, a lot of constraints around them in terms of what data can really be shared, um, and then also what data, you know, companies want to share if if they have it, you know, they tend to think that that's their asset. They're not necessarily very good at monetizing it, but they're not necessarily open to sharing it either. Uh, so I would say that part of the market is quite immature still. Uh, a lot of a lot of promise, a lot of interest, but we, we don't see a lot of successful business right. models. Built yeah, I that. totally get you. Um, so as we're going to wrap up here, I want to bring it back to something that's obviously very relevant today, which is the COVID-19, kind of how it's impacting IoT. And I'm curious from your eyes perspective and all the you know, engagement you have with organizations um, and the work you do, how are you seeing COVID-19 kind of impact the IoT market and, and how do you kind of envision it impacting it once the kind of pandemic is over and we kind of get back to normal business? Um, uh, and yeah, I'd love to, any, any kind of perspective you can shed onto that would be fantastic. Sure. Um, I mean, so first of all, to say, you know, obviously we're we're still still in early stages for for the pandemic as well, unfortunately. So I don't know, um, you know, myself, and I don't think anybody does quite how it's going to pan out. Um, other than it's you know a very terrible thing. So I would I wouldn't want to downplay that by saying you know we're just focusing on the IoT market. Of course, we are um, you know, looking at how we can help uh, help generally. Um, you know, in terms of of mid to longer term impacts on the market, I would say, um, you know, we, we see it as being something that's likely to create delays in investment, um, but not sort of completely mm-hmm. derail it, um, by any means. And, and I think a few early conversations that we've had, uh, with our customers have really, really confirmed that, um, it's definitely highlighted a few things, um, you know, in terms of where, where there are needs um, that that IoT could help meet or, or is helping to meet, um, you know, certainly supply chain management has become, um, you know, a very big and sort of much more obvious um, part of the, the the general consciousness. And I think um, IoT's role in in supply chain management and in making that more efficient and uh, making sure things get to where they need to get to and are available when they need to to become available is is quite key. So I think that's that's definitely something where you know, IoT is, is shining. Um, obviously, uh, telemedicine is is becoming uh, much more of interest, uh, and you know that is an area that has really been quite slow to develop, even though it has felt like mm-hmm. there was a real need for it. Um, obviously, the, the need is now much much more pressing uh, than it has been in the past, and yeah. So we're seeing you know a lot of a lot of things potentially kind of getting accelerated in terms of, of connected healthcare, um, you know, not for great reasons, obviously, but, uh, you know, it, it may um, help embed some of those technologies more um, clearly and, and kind of prove their usefulness in these types of situations. Um, so I think that those are some, you know, potentially some positive outcomes. Uh, I think, yeah, in terms of maybe less positive, I mean, definitely for the automotive sector, um, we're expecting that to, um, you know, be quite slowed down by this. Uh, obviously, you know, automotive manufacturing has has been, you know, you know more or less, uh, maybe not completely shut down everywhere, but uh, certainly uh, 
you know, it slowed significantly in, in most in most countries. Uh, so I think you know that has been kind of a driving sector for IoT for for a while, and I think we expect to see that slowing down a fair bit. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I I'm, I'm very curious to see kind of what solutions come out of this um, long term. As far as I know, there's already organizations out there working to find ways to help situations like this uh, in the future. So, ever you know, whether it's disease outbreak, other kind of pandemics, etc. I'm very curious to see how IoT kind of attacks that problem. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're going to be we're going to be I don't want to say better for it, but we're going to a lot of things are going to good things are going to come out of this um, from a um, kind of how we how we don't just work together and all of it, but also the technology and the stuff that helps us prepare to to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again, or at least not at the scale that it's happening now. So um, I think IoT is going to be one of those leaders from an industry perspective and technology perspective in this. So very interested to see how that how that comes out. And the sooner we can get through this pandemic, the better. I think everyone can kind of agree on that. So. Um, so yeah, very curious to see how that goes. Um, uh, to finish up here, I wanted to just see if you had any lasting comments, any thoughts about the rest of the year, anything that, you know, really interesting that's, that's going on over, um, at your company to kind of get a sense of what we could be on the lookout for or anywhere we can maybe find out more information, um, read any of these surveys more in detail, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the survey that I, I've mentioned a couple times on, on our call is actually, um, being released, I believe, next Wednesday. Um, so, if uh, if your listeners would like to go to the uh, either the omdia.com site um, or the iotworldtoday.com uh, site, uh, you should be able to uh, see it there. Um, in terms of what we see interesting coming up, I mean, we we are doing you know ongoing research uh, in terms of forecasting uh, different sectors of the IoT market. Uh, Shipments of devices, verticals, and so on. So that is, um, you know, kind of coming out on a on a quarterly basis. In terms of information about uh, specific uh, technology player and and uh, overall industry uh, impact of the COVID nineteen virus, uh, we have a microsite on omdia.com, uh, which is just focused on that. So I would definitely encourage people to take a look at that. Um, obviously, we're going to be keeping an eye on that, you know, through through the year as as things uh, progress and then hopefully right. improve, uh, as I'm sure right. they will. So um, those are probably the, the key things. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll make sure that we we kind of share as many things as we can in our description, our notes, our article we write for this episode to make sure that we um, get our listeners all the information possible that kind of ties into this conversation. So. Um, but other than that, I really appreciate your time today. I really appreciate you know, especially making time during all this stuff going on. I'm sure there's many other things we, we you could be doing, um, but it's great to have you on. It's great to kind of get your insights from um, from your all's perspective. It's definitely a, a different kind of level of detail. You guys are focusing a lot on um, very important information and collecting that information from the industry to help us make decisions from a company perspective. So we really appreciate what you're doing. We think it's fantastic. Um, Maybe what we do is try to find a time once the um, kind of the coronavirus has died down a bit, end of this year, beginning of next year, and have you back on to talk about kind of what we've seen since then and any new surveys you all have kind of put out that probably could be connected or in somewhat of a response to um, the market and if it's changed at all since the the uh, with, with with what happens you know at the end of the day with the pandemic. So I'd love to have you back. I think this has been great. And again, thank you so much for your time. 
Oh, thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, yeah, I'd love, love to come back for another discussion uh, in, in due course. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, I'm, I'm glad to have the chance to do it. And I have to admit, I haven't listened to your podcast before, so now I will. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you've added to your audience. <laughs> well, you know, there's no better reason or no better incentive to do it to, uh, than being on a guest first. And then if you enjoy your experience, and I'm sure you'll get hopefully get a lot of value out of a lot of the other guests um, that we've had. We've had some fantastic guests from all around the industry. Um, the demand to be a guest has continually grown and it's surprised us some of the some of the, the guests we've been able to get. So we've, we've enjoyed all these conversations and continue to continue to um you know, build out the content and, and make it better for, for our audience. So, so we appreciate you being on and, and glad that you'll be a now a listening member and uh, <laughs> hopefully you enjoy them. Excellent. All right. Thank, Thank you so you much, Ryan. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the IoT for All podcast. I hope you found a lot of value in our conversation today. And if you did, we truly appreciate it if you would leave a rating or review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Subscribe to our social media, our newsletter, or the podcast directly to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they become available. And if you have a guest you'd like to see featured on the podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them on the show. But thanks again for listening to this episode of the IoT for All podcast podcast and we'll see you next time.